0: Welcome to Wildwood College Life of Wildwood Community Church in Norman, Oklahoma. We are four following Jesus together to the glory of God. We meet on Sunday mornings at 9.45 for Bible teaching, breakfast, and fellowship and would love to see you there this week. Follow us on Instagram at Wildwood College for more information. And with that, let's dive into this week's message. Good morning. good to see all you guys, or most of you. (laughs) Glad to be here this morning. Hey, um, does that sound good? Is that right? Am I squeaking? If I'm squeaking, let me know. Hey, like Kevin said, uh, I did graduate from OU. I came to OU, uh, wow, in 1990. The earth was cooling. Everything was in black and white. Uh, It was a great time. There were no uh, cell phones back then. I remember being in the bottom of Walker in the computer lab. And a guy called me over, and he was like, look at this. I'm like, what is it? And he said, this is what they're going to call an email. I'm like, what is that? He's like, well, I can talk to somebody in another state by typing this in. That's how old I am. I was like, that'll never take off. I don't need to buy any Apple stock. We'll be fine. Uh, But what God did while I was at OU uh, is he changed me. I was already a believer, but I wasn't walking with the Lord. And he changed my desires both by coming to Wildwood and being involved in Campus Crusade. Uh, I changed, and he took away the desire to drink. He took away the desire and some of my anger issues. He changed me. also met my wife, Lori, uh, while I was here. We dated for three years. Let me see if I can... There we are. You notice the date on that? So I proposed December tenth, 1993. That's... Uh, The Sunday after the Friday night proposal, I proposed to her here. This was the the room behind here, that's what we call the fellowship center right here. That was the worship center. There was nothing upstairs at Wildwood. So we went in there. You wanted to get here early as a college student because you didn't want to be behind one of the poles because then you couldn't see what was happening. But proposed to her over there. Um, She said yes. I also had a car with the ring. I wanted to make sure. She was way out of my pay grade. So. Um, again, that's the that's the Sunday after uh, I proposed to her. So we then went to, uh, to seminary to learn more about our Bibles. But uh, what I want you to hear this morning is this lesson has a lot of information, but I really want it to be about transformation, right? It's not just head knowledge. But one thing that when we were at here at OU is I didn't have a framework for my Bible. I didn't know how the pieces fit together. And that's difficult, right? Because then you say, well... I read my Old Testament, I wanted to do the Bible in a Year plan. How many of you guys started that this year? Anyone start a Bible in a Year plan, starting Genesis? You still doing it? No, yes, yes, one is. It's hard to keep doing it, right? Because you read through the Old Testament. This is why Kevin is doing this series. And when you read through the Old Testament, you put up the wrong slide. Um, you shouldn't have said all that stuff. Here we go. You read through the Old Testament, and you read certain things, and then you realize, i got a lot more questions here, Right? Are we supposed to make sacrifices at some tabernacle or some temple? Uh, are we supposed to keep the Ten Commandments, maybe the Sabbath? Or do we eat everything, like shrimp or like things with hooves? What's happening, right? Do we keep all the rules in Leviticus and Deuteronomy? Do we celebrate the Passover? Uh, do we go to a Seder? Do we do Easter? Do we circumcise all, these, all the guys? Like, does this make sense? Do we marry non-Jewish people? That's what it said in there. Isn't there something about the land, and we're all going to go into the land, or come out of the land, or something about land? And then you end up saying, I'm so confused, I'll just read the Gospel of John. <laughs> right? You're like, I'm so over this, I just, I don't know, what, I don't know what's happening. Right? Um, the issue is, then, uh, when you want to read your New Testament, about three-fourths of your New Testament are actually allusions to or quotations from the Old Testament. Jesus was Jewish. He was speaking to a Jewish audience. The disciples were Jews. And so you have all these quotes from the Old Testament, but you don't understand your Old Testament. You don't know where the quotes came from, and so you miss out on your New Testament. Make sense? And you don't understand how salvation worked or how I'm supposed to live. Am I supposed to keep those things? Who was saved back then? What happened with Moses? And so what, what Kevin and Shanae are trying to do over these three weeks they say, we want to give you a framework for understanding your entire Bible, but especially with how God saves, how he redeems, how he interacts with his people through different time periods in your Bible, which Kevin called ages. Make sense? So hopefully the goal is this morning, when you leave here, you'll be able to understand and, and tell someone uh, the, your entire Bible through, through history. Okay? It's going to be a little different this morning. We have signs. We have all sorts of stuff we're about to do. So hang on. I'm going to need volunteers, like literally like 20 volunteers, including someone to be Adam and someone to be Eve. So, I mean, that's, that's I know, just get ready. I'm going to need volunteers in just a second, okay? I know, right? No fig leaves. You get to wear what you wear, okay? Um, what does 2 Timothy say? 2 Timothy says that all Scripture is breathed out by God, right? So when Paul's talking to Timothy, the inspired word of God says, hey, hey Timothy, all Scripture... Not just what you know, what traveling letters you've seen, your Old Testament, all Scripture, the law, the prophets, everything over there is breathed out by God. Every bit of it is important. Every bit of it is useful, right? All of it is profitable for teaching, reproof, correction, training, and righteousness. You've heard this, right? Every bit of it. Okay, why? So that you may be complete and equipped for every good work. We can't leave two-thirds of it out. It's all inspired. And it's all good for us, right? When Jesus is tempted by the enemy, what does he do? He quotes three times from the Old Testament, right? Jesus knew his Old Testament. He taught through his Old Testament. You tracking with me? Okay, we may need more coffee. All right. So then you say, okay, I'm in. John, Kevin, Shanae, people, I want to know who God is. I do. And I want to know his promises and his prophecies and I want to have a framework for understanding my Old Testament and even the entire Bible. So, uh, Kevin covered three of these uh, sections. Hold on. Last week, to get us started, he covered, and again, don't be overwhelmed by the slide. The little arrows mean through. Okay, so look up there, you see through. He said these are different. Oh, wait, look at this. I have a quote by Kevin. Hold on, this will be funny. <laughs> Kevin said, What is an age? A period of time when God interacts differently with humanity. Kevin, it's pretty cool, right? (laughs) You ever been quoted the next day? An age, a period of time where God interacts differently with humanity, but remember, and he put up several things about this, but remember God doesn't change. So as we look at this timeline, we're we're saying God doesn't change, but there are time periods where it's different, right? So somebody who was uh, born in the time of Moses under the law with the tabernacle Uh, that way of relating to God is different than a New Testament believer, right? We don't go to the tabernacle. We don't have sacrifices. It's different, but God's not, right? Okay, just to make sure you understand that. We'll go back to this. Okay, so he covered three of these sections, and these are just, just one way of looking at your scripture. This is not inspired, but it is led by the text. So these are different ages. So he covered creation through the fall, The fall through the flood, and the flood through the Tower of Babel. These are assigned names historically, the Age of Innocence, the Age of Conscience, the Age of Government. Remember, these these names go into this through. So fall to the flood could be called the time of conscience. Um, Again, not inspired, but can be helpful. What we're going to do today is talk through Abraham and Moses. Okay, but we're going to do it a little bit differently here. So this is where I'm going to need the volunteers. This is going to be significant. Shanae, I need you to help me pass out things to volunteers. Okay, I need a lot of volunteers, okay? And what we're going to do is we're going to create a timeline. If you, if you drop these, we're in trouble. Oh, gosh, yeah. They need to be in okay, room. so you're, you're starting somewhere in here. Okay, so we need volunteers. So hop up, we're going to need about 20 of you to hold sheets of paper. Oh, yeah, hop up. Starting oh, yeah. over, start over here. Come over oh, here, God. Creation. That's me. <laughs> Grab your paper. Stay in order. Wait, 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 Kevin. You're in the middle. This could be a disaster. You're starting in the middle. Keep coming over here. This could be terrible. Okay, Creation, why don't we come? We got to be got to be able to see this too. So if you can't see it, okay, Adam and Eve, come over here. Okay, Adam and Eve, come here between Creation and the Fall. There we go. Okay, I need someone. Come on, who's Abraham? Let's go. Okay, hey, you guys over there are going go to go down that way. Okay, Abraham. You're, you're here with Abraham. Okay. We may need... Hold on, we've got to put Mr. Temple through here. Here we come. Let me pull the temple by you. Don't drop the temple or we're in trouble. They never let me play with things. I can't have nice things. That's what they tell me. Okay, hold on. Okay, now we've got to spread out a little bit. Okay, you, you, you three go down a little bit that way. I'm going to put the tabernacle in here. I was going to let you guys do this as a quiz. Okay. Okay, now, what are we, what are we missing here? Okay, who can tell me what we're doing? We've got this. We need... Okay, we need... The time period from. Hmm, we've got exile. Exile, come over here. Exile, you're in here. Um, okay, you guys come over here. Oh, sorry. Okay, we could have done this differently. Let's see. No, wait, wait. We got to leave this. Okay, you're this way. Okay, now you're you're perfect. Okay, let's see. Exile, 350 years. Nope, you're on there. You, you go over here, right here. Okay. Okay, I should have put these in order. Okay, go over um, between David and divided kingdom. You slide down in front of Herod's temple. Okay, now, we've got to add something. Make sure you can see this whole... If you can't see this whole thing, go stand in the back. It's just going to be for like five minutes. I want you to see the whole thing. Okay, now, we've got something to add here because... We need to add a string going through this. So you're going to hold this. You can do it now. People, grab a hold of the string. Okay, we're going to go. Never done this before, as you can tell. <laughs> Probably should have had a trial run, but that's okay. Here we go. Here we go. The string is coming. The string is coming. Oh, look at that! Look at that! I'm going to roll. Here we go. Okay. New heavens, new earth. You want to grab that down there? Keep it going. Keep it going. Okay, there's going to be a quiz on this, so y'all wake up. Okay, so this is technically, this is theoretically, sort of like your entire Bible. Okay, now the silver string uh, represents. What do you think it represents? I could make it a little more accurate. Watch this. It's a pop quiz. Hand me the edge of the string. The string is before creation. Let's put it that way. And it's after New Jerusalem over there. What? It's God, right? The string is the Father, the Son, and the Spirit. So the Scripture says they, they have always existed before, during, and after us. So the, it says in Colossians 1 and 2 that Jesus was there at creation, right? He wasn't just here when He took on flesh. So God the Father, God the Son, God the Spirit has always been and always will be. This is just a snapshot of time within that. Does that make sense? Okay, so that's the string. Okay, now, let's talk about some of these different time periods. Okay? This isn't really to scale, and it's bothering some of you that are engineering students, isn't it? Or accountants. You're like, wait, there should be bigger gaps. There should be, we just don't have enough room. Okay, so, so we're starting out with creation. Uh, then we have Adam and Eve coming into the picture. Kevin covered this, right? Adam and Eve had the ability to choose to sin or not sin. It's an interesting statement, isn't it? They could have chosen not to sin. You, I, we don't have that because of the fall, but they could have. And so when he was talking about that time period, he was saying, this is a different time period that Adam and Eve were in, but Adam and Eve chose to sin, right? And so the fall happens. Okay. After the fall, there's a time period until Noah. Then God makes a covenant with Noah. What does he say to Noah? I won't ever destroy the... uh, Right, flood the earth again in this way, right? But he he makes a covenant with Noah. He makes a a contract between God and man, a covenant. You're going to see that on some of these slides, right? Then we have another time period within Genesis. This goes until Genesis 9, okay? Make sense? Abraham is going to come in, and we're going to talk about Abraham in just a little bit. Is that weird that I'm pointing you and saying Abraham? Abraham's going to come in the picture about 2100 B.C., okay, Genesis 12, right after the Tower of Babel in Genesis 11. Abraham comes in. Abraham is given a promise that is also a covenant. So you have a covenant with Noah, a covenant with Abraham, right? Then there's going to be 400 years until Moses. Okay, we'll look at this a little bit more, but so Abraham is told you're going to have a family that's going to prosper. You're going to have the land. You're going to have these things, but there's going to be a time of trial, where they're oppressed. Well, guess what? With Joseph, they go into Egypt, and for 400 years, right, the Hebrew people are in Egypt multiplying as slaves. So we open up the book of Exodus, right, our second book, and there's Moses' birth. But there's been 400 years between Abraham and Moses, okay? So by this time, there's 2 million of them. So 600,000 men alone, there's 2 million people that are in the land. okay? So Moses, we'll talk about him, has this life where he um, does some things he shouldn't do. He has a providential birth. He then uh, is given another covenant by God, and he's given the law. And so all of a sudden, God says to, to Moses, Hey, I want you to build me a tabernacle. Everybody, you feel like everyone's looking at you, don't you? If you're going to go to the back, you guys can. But there's a tabernacle. Right? So I want to interact with you in a way that there are going to be sacrifices, that there's going to be a priest interceding for you, that there's going to be a lamb slain once a year that is perfect. And you guys are going to put this tabernacle in the middle of the two million people, uh, which are divided by the 12 tribes. Okay? There is 500 years between the Exodus and the tabernacle, 1446 B.C., until David. If you want to think about the time of David, as we enter into the book of Samuel, David's about 1,000 B.C., More or less. So 2100 B.C., 1446 B.C., about 1,000 B.C. Okay? Does that make sense? You tracking? Again, there's a quiz later. David is given a covenant. He says, you're a man after God's own heart. There's Goliath. Then he's given a covenant about somebody always reigning. Right? And you can look it up. Right? In Samuel. Okay? So then there's a time period after David where Solomon comes in. Solomon builds... Whoops, we've got you in the wrong place. Divided Kingdom needs to go on the other side of Temple. Sorry, Divided Kingdom. <laughs> Temple's going to come first. Okay, so we'll be here. So, yeah, three hundred fifty years is sort of. Um, it's my fault. So David preps for the for this for the Temple, and then his son Solomon builds the Temple, right? So around around thousand. Okay, at the time of Solomon, nine twenty two B C. Uh, okay, come over here. Three fifty. Let's make this a little easier to understand. Come down here. Go right in. Here's about there. The kingdom divides north and south. Right? You guys familiar with this? This will help you understand the prophets. Okay. The kingdom divides. Ten tribes one place. Two tribes another place. Right. The Assyrians come and kill the ten tribes. There's only left with two tribes. Right. Um, in 586 BC, the Babylonians come and exile the remaining two tribes. Okay? That's this, that was this time period between the kingdom dividing around 900 and the Babylonians coming. Right as they come, there's a prediction in Jeremiah that there's going to be a new covenant. Right, Jeremiah 31. There's going to be a new covenant. Okay? Now, everybody is gone from the promised land. Okay? They are in exile in Babylon uh, for 70 years. Now, the reason this will help you understand the prophets is the prophets were prophesying to the northern and the southern parts of the kingdom. So when you're going to open up any of those prophets, you can say, okay, is it north or south? Okay, by this time, there's only south. Those two are in exile in Babylon. You tracking? Okay. Now, they're going to be there for 70 years. They're going to come back about 515 B.C. Okay? They're going to come back, and Ezra and Zerubbabel are going to rebuild the temple. The second temple... It's called Herod's Temple, but Herod really just added on right before Jesus. It's really the, the 515 BC temple, and so it exists from the time they come back into the land uh, until, actually, until Jesus' time. Okay? So they're there from worshiping with this until Jesus' time. The book of Malachi, if we had a book of Malachi, I should have made one in Malachi, is right here. Okay? Book of Malachi, the last book in your Old Testament. Then there's going to be 400 years of silence before the New Testament. Okay? Nothing's written after Malachi. After 400 years, uh, at at the perfect time, Jesus is born. And Kevin's going to cover a lot of this part of the timeline next week. Jesus is born sometime between either 4 or 5 B.C. He's going to have a ministry that's three years. Uh, You can see on there his birth his ministry. Then he's going to die. He's going to be resurrected. And then 40 days later, he's going to ascend then we enter into an, another age, which is us, the church, Pentecost, Acts 2, right? We, we have it labeled as grace. God's grace is throughout this whole pro- process, right? But that is the church, that's us, until Jesus comes back. And that's what we call the second coming of Christ. Okay, you'll see that as number six on that slide. Okay? Then you'll see uh, Jesus returns. He established a thousand-year millennial kingdom, Revelation 20. And then Revelation 21 says there's going to be a new heavens, a new earth, and I saw a new Jerusalem descending. The whole world's going to change for the rest of eternity. Okay? Are you ready for your quiz? Should I have them all just run around like the band when they're going out in the field and then we put them in the right place? Okay? The, the goal of this, again, is not information, it, it's transfer, transformation as I understand my Old Testament. But what I, want, what I want you to be able to do, and then we're going to have some discussion questions real quick. Uh, is to be able to think of a person entering into a time period and think, how would they relate to God during that time period? Okay? So, say, I am born... uh, I am born... Where do you want me to be born? I'm born by Moses. I I also feel like this is like that game with the boxes where they open up and you have to guess. What's that called? The game show? Deal or no deal. deal. Okay, Moses, open your box, right? So, if I'm born here... (laughs) Yay! At the time of Moses... Um, I am going to be circumcised on the eighth day, right? They're going to offer up different sacrifices for me. I'm going to be raised with the tabernacle with smoke and fire and God's presence talking to Moses here, right? There's going to be different feasts I'm going to celebrate, different things I've told. I'm under the law. This is Jesus also when he's born versus somebody who is here making sacrifices at the temple. But look over here at this time of grace, So then you're going, okay, wait a minute. Jesus says, I have not come to abolish the law and the prophets, but to fulfill them. He says, I fulfill the law, right? We're not under the law. He says, I'm the Lord of the Sabbath. So all of a sudden, we have a different relationship after, here, hold your sign up, after the cross. So the cross happens, right, and it changes everything. Jesus absorbs the wrath of God for us, but he also changes the way we relate to God. All of a sudden, there's not a high priest needed at a tabernacle or a temple. He is our high priest. We don't have to go through sacrifices. He is our sacrifice. Now we're under in a different age, which we call the age of grace. Okay, you tracking? Okay, you guys can sit down, and we're going to do discussion questions. And then I'll come back up, and we'll hit a little bit of Abraham uh, <laughs> and Moses. Don't drop God on the floor. Now, go quickly. I'll, we can get this. You can set everything down and we'll get it. What's that? The speaker? I thought it was the temple. It's like, don't get near the temple. Okay. You have three questions up here. you got about seven minutes. Read the question out loud at your table, and then I'll bring you back. Okay, guys. Come on back. So some tables made it through all the questions. Some tables are on question one. Is that a guy-girl thing, or is that just, right? Ho- hopefully you can, you'll have a copy. Will they get a copy of these slides somehow? You can look at the discussion questions later. And I, I think if I was somehow, even when, when Kevin or Shanae and Chris are teaching, I'd want these because these are helping me apply what I've learned, right? They're, they're sort of, okay, I'd love to get some answers, but we're not. We're going to move ahead. Here we go. Hope you had your coffee. Okay, because we have in 12 minutes, we're going to cover Abraham and Moses. So hang on to your seats. Now remember, we're thinking through what is different about the way God interacts with people or what does he say to people during these time periods, during these ages, during the way he administrates things. I'm going to give you a little background. We already talked about a little bit of this, but Abraham, it starts in Genesis 11. He goes through Genesis 25. Have you ever sang the song, Father Abraham, when you were little, raised in the church? Is that going through your head right now? Right? Now you're not going to be able to get it out. You're going to be singing that the whole day, right? Father Abraham, Right? Abraham, not a perfect man, right? The people who are given these covenants, like, and I want you to hear this. uh, Think Noah, the stuff he did after the flood. You think Abraham, right? Moses, David, these are not perfect people, right? Abraham, when he's called Abram, is told to leave and go in the land. And he goes and he says, oh, by the way, this Sarah person, that's my sister. He didn't even trust God enough to tell the truth. He lied. He wasn't somebody in certain situations that could be trusted, but he was a man who definitely, over the time of his life, believed God. So God uses him. He's going to give him a promise. I'm going to, there's descendants, land, and a blessing, and we're going to look at that. Okay? He believed God about having a son, even though they couldn't have kids, and he was old. And then he was willing to sacrifice that son. You guys familiar with this? With, with Isaac. Okay, it says he lived by faith. Hebrews 11 is what's called the chapter, uh, the hall of faith. So Hebrews 11 actually talks through all these Old Testament people. So I highly recommend reading Hebrews 11. Romans 4 is also all about Abraham. You guys studied Romans in your small groups. I mean, in your small groups, right? Uh, so you should know Romans 4, but it says that Abraham uh, lived by faith in what he knew, and God credited to him as righteousness. Okay, just a little bit about Abraham. Okay, Now, the promise God makes to Abraham is seen in uh, Genesis 12, Genesis 15, and somewhat in Genesis 17. Okay? So God's going to make this promise, and he's going to tell Abraham this. There we go. Go, go from your country and your father's house to a land I will show you. Remember, this is God talking to Abram. He says, I will make of you a great nation. I will bless you. I will make your name great so that you will be a blessing. People who uh, bless you, I will bless. People who dishonor you, I will curse. And in you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. It's a big promise, a big covenant with him, right? Not only uh, will this happen, but he's going to be called to be faithful. I want you to go and leave and know that I'll make you a great nation. Genesis 15, this covenant promise between God and Abram is repeated. Uh, It says, The word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision. It says, Fear not, Abram, I am your shield. Your reward will be great. Abram says to God, But uh, we're childless, I have no offspring. Someone else in my family is going to have to be this heir, right? You ever had a promise from God, but it doesn't feel like it's going to come true? It doesn't feel like it's right? And he says, I'm going to, I'm going to make your, uh, you be a blessing throughout time to all the families. And he's going, I don't even have a kid. We can't even have a kid. What does God say? Uh, he says, look toward heaven, number the stars if you're able to number them, right? We can see probably with the naked eye 3,000 stars at night. Uh, I don't know how many they could see back then without electricity, but look toward heaven. Number the stars. He says, "So shall your offspring be." Again, we're not able to have them, and we're really old. God says, "Look up, this is what it's going to be like for you. It's a promise. And it says, Abram believed the Lord and it counted to him as righteousness. He believed what God said when God gave him a promise, even though he couldn't uh, see it. God gave him sort of a picture of that. We continue in Genesis 15. Again, I'm a child of the 80s. I don't even do remotes well. We, had a, we just went up and I was the remote. John, go turn the TV clicker. So just give me a break, right? Okay, thanks, Shanae. The Lord said to Abram. <laughs> Shanae lives with Chris. She knows my sense of humor. I'm sorry. We're on multiple levels, Shanae. The Lord said to Abram, for certain your offspring will be sojourners and a land that's not yours will be servants there and will be afflicted for 400 years. But I'll bring judgment on that nation that will come out with great possessions you already know this story, but what's he talking about? What's the next thing we're going to talk about? Moses, right? He says, yeah, you came into this land, but you're still going to be an alien and a stranger there. Your descendants, you're going to have a land. Your descendants are going to fill the earth. But before then, there's going to be a time of 400 years where they're going to be afflicted. Then I will bring judgment, right? He brings judgment on Pharaoh, and they'll come out with great possessions. Interesting line there, right? When they, when they uh, leave after the Passover, it says they plundered the Egyptians. The Egyptians gave them their stuff, right? They used that stuff. Remember, they were slaves at that time. They used that stuff to build the tabernacle, right? Exodus 25, they're called to go get gold for the tabernacle. You're like, where did these slaves who just left the land get the gold? Well, they, they plundered the Egyptians when they came out, and this was a promise given 400 years before to Abram. Okay. So he says, there, there are these promises, Abram, between me and you. There isn't a condition on this promise, on this covenant between God and Abram. It says this will happen. You're going to be a blessing to people throughout time. Okay. To end this chapter in chapter 15, uh, they actually had, uh, at that time when there was a covenant, it was called cutting a covenant, they would cut animals in pieces and walk through them to symbolize the significance of breaking the covenant or that God won't break the covenant. It says... Uh, a flaming torch went between the pieces. The Lord made the covenant, and he said, I give you this land. Right? Remember, God's giving this great promise to Abram, which we don't believe is totally fulfilled yet. But I'll let Kevin get into that. Where's Kevin? I, I want to say that like, numerous times. I'll let Kevin get into that later. But there is, there is a land promise to Abram. Right, I'll give you this. Okay? We get on Abram. He becomes Abraham. There's a covenant promise made with him. Okay? The sign and the seal of that covenant promise is circumcision, right? He says, they're gonna, you're going to remember and know this covenant promise because of circumcision on the eighth day. So when you read your New Testament, right, and it starts equating circumcision with baptism, then you go, wait a minute, there's a sign here of being someone who's a God follower that I need to understand the relationship between those. Okay? Makes sense? Okay. Acts 7, Stephen is up, and he is called to give a testimony for his faith, and then he is going to be martyred but his testimony is a history of the Old Testament and how God worked. It's phenomenal, right? You've already read in Hebrews 11, Hall of Faith, Acts 7. Stephen is talking, and he says, But as time, the time of the promise drew near, which God had granted to Abraham, the people increased and multiplied in Egypt until there rose over Egypt another king who didn't know Joseph. He dealt shrewdly with them. You know the story a little bit here. And Moses was instructed in all the wisdom of the Egyptians. He was mighty in words and deeds. So here's a transition between Abraham and Moses. So we're 400 years later, Exodus opens up, Moses is born. Okay, we're going to fly through Moses. Okay, about uh, 1526, possibly somewhere around there, because Moses' life is in 40-year periods. Okay, so Moses is born. Uh, He has this uh, providential birth, right? The Hebrew children are supposed to be put to death, but instead he's what? You remember Moses' birth? You know, picture? I actually had a... Hold on. I, was, I had a camera there. Let me see if it's on here. Oh, there it is. A little selfie. Moses' birth, providential, right? <laughs> Pharaoh's daughter raises Moses. Have you seen Prince of Egypt? What did you guys do growing up, right? For, for 40 years, he's raised as uh, equal to or right below Pharaoh, the first 40 years of Moses' life. Okay. After 40 years, it says he goes to visit his people, the Hebrew slaves, and he sees a slave being beaten, and he kills an Egyptian. Okay, what does he do? He flees. So at age 40, he leaves this uh, area of Egypt and goes to Midian. He's in Midian for 40 more years working as a shepherd. Okay, so till he's 80. From 40 to 80, uh, he is a shepherd. You're thinking, where is this covenant promise? Where is this going to happen? Uh, then he sees God, or God, God comes to him, Exodus 3, in the burning bush. This land is holy. He says, I am, is what God says. That's his name. So he says, I'm going to tell you my name. It is I am, meaning I always am, just like the silver thread, right? Uh, I want you to go back and free the people. Tell them about me. I'll do these things through you. Moses says, no, I am not, right? Uh, He says, and God says, yes, you can go. I'll give you Aaron to talk through you. Moses says, I stutter. I'm 80 years old. Moses goes back talks to Pharaoh, seen here as Charlton Heston, if you don't know the this, this show. <laughs> There's Moses talking to Pharaoh. Uh, he goes, and then we have what? The plagues. So there are 10 plagues on Egypt that God uses to speak to the Egyptians and to the Hebrew people, starting with the Nile turning to blood. There's a lot of yucky ones in there. The 10th one being death to the firstborns. Uh, God says, I want you to go ahead and Uh, paint over your doorpost the blood of the Lamb, and then you will not be slain, but the firstborn sons will be, the firstborns of the Egyptians will be. The angel of death comes through as part of the 10th plague, and the Egyptians are wailing. They leave in the middle of the night, uh, taking with them all the Egyptian stuff, but also uh, hurrying to prepare things without uh, the ability to rise. That's why they celebrate Passover. They're told to celebrate this and remember God every year. So they leave Egypt, two million people. They are led by God. He leads them using smoke and fire, showing them where to go, what to do. They come across the Sinai Peninsula, and they cross the water. Right? Maybe here hear the Red Sea, probably the Reed Sea. It's probably a different body. They come across the water. Not only do they cross it supernaturally, but then God destroys the people following them. Okay? God then provides water for them out of rocks. He provides manna every single day. Okay, Moses is there. Uh, He provides victory over their enemies as they fight. Remember this scene, they're having to hold up his hands. When he held them up, they would win. Uh, So Moses was a part of this. Then the people came between 9 and 10 months later. Okay, Get that time right. 9 and 10 months later they come to the mountain. There are two million people camped here. He says, don't go near it. Don't touch it. I am holy. You'll die. Your animals will die. Don't come near me. There's earthquakes, there's smoke, there's fire showing God's um, holiness and his power. God then gives to Moses uh, a promise. He says this in Exodus 19. If you will obey my voice, meaning the, the Hebrew people, and keep my covenant, you will be my treasured possession amongst all peoples. For the earth is mine and you will be a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. So he goes to them and he says, you will be my people. You will be the Hebrew people, who we call the Israelites. You're going to be this, a kingdom of priests, a holy nation, conditional covenant based on uh, their following him. You need to obey my voice and do this. Okay? Uh, He then, between the time of giving the covenant and the ratification of the covenant, we get the Ten Commandments, Exodus 20, and then 20 through 24, the books of Leviticus. We get at least 613 rules for how we're to get along as people and with God in the law. How should we live in this community? We're coming out of slavery, but we're going to have our own land. What do we do when someone steals from us? What do we do when a brother hits a brother? What do we do when this happens? God gives the law. Again, how to relate to him, how to relate to man. Okay, Then they say, yes, we will do that. We will be obedient. Exodus 24, Moses takes the blood of these sacrifices and sprinkles it on them to establish the Mosaic Covenant. They are going to live now in covenant with God, uh, which they still are. Romans 9 through 11, but things are going to change upon when the cross happens, right? Tabernacle, we've got to go really quickly, we've got about two minutes. Tabernacle over there, the covering actually is below it, there was covering. Traveling sacred tent where God says, I want to dwell with my people. This is a new thing. I want to dwell with you. I want to talk to Moses. I want you to worship me. I want you to give sacrifices to me. I'm going to teach you how to interact with me using the tabernacle, which you're going to set up as you go into the land. They're going to go into the land under Joshua. There's still going to be tribes there. They're still going to have to fight battles, but now they have a way to be led by, talk to God, and worship him. Okay, Go through this really quickly. There's the tabernacle. You already saw it. It's going to be set up in the middle of them. Uh, there, there are 12 tribes are set up around it. He tells them exactly what to do. So in the very middle of their existence as a people, they're seeing uh, sacrifices given. They're seeing things happen daily, yearly. Uh, inside that You you, you can see this if you go over there and look. There is the holy place, then there's the holy of holies inside the holy of holies. He says, make an ark. He gives him 15 chapters on how to build this stuff. It's really important in your Bible. He says, on the ark, I want you to put a mercy seat or an atonement cover. Once a year, I'm going to have the high priest go into the holy of holies, sprinkle the blood of the sacrificial perfect lamb onto the mercy seat to atone for the sins of the people. Sound familiar? He's setting this up. Uh, 1,500 years before Jesus. So for the next 1,500 years, using the tabernacle, using Temple 1, Temple 2, you're going to understand there has to be a payment for my sin. It's going to require death of something perfect, and it's going to require sprinkling of blood to cover and atone for my sin. 1,500 years. Jesus comes... Jesus come, and he is called the Lamb of God who made atonement for sin by his shed blood. Okay. Uh, you're going to talk about Jesus next week, Kevin. Jesus is going to come. He's, going to, he's already existing. He's going to take on flesh, live a sinless life. He's going to atone on the cross for our sin. Again, he's going to be resurrected. He's going to ascend to be with the Father where he exists today, interceding for you, Romans 8. Then he's going to return. Okay. A couple verses as we close. When the fullness of time had come, you're reading your New Testament now. You understand this a little bit. When it was time, God sent forth his son. Born of woman, born under the law, the law of Moses. He was a Jew keeping the law. You're going to see Jesus being uh, taken to the temple to do things, sacrifices being made. Mary and Joseph couldn't afford the certain ones. You remember this, right? It's, it's in your Christmas story. Uh, to redeem those who were under the law, it's everybody, Right? so that we might receive adoption as sons. So Jesus steps into time to be the Redeemer, to be the perfect sacrifice under that law. And you're going to see law talked about a lot in your New Testament. Galatians says Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us. Look at what Galatians says. <clears throat> so that in Christ Jesus, the blessing of Abraham might come to the Gentiles. It's still talking about the promise made to Abraham, that it's going to be a blessing to everybody in the earth. And that blessing is going to come through the death and resurrection of Christ. Again, it's going to open up your New Testament when you understand this. 1 Peter, uh, you were ransomed from the feudal ways by your forefathers. Feudal meaning not good enough. By the law, they couldn't uh, become perfect. They need uh, someone to die for them. Uh, Not with perishable things, but with the blood of Christ, like that of a lamb without blemish or spot. You know, for for a (laughs) hundred... I don't know how many generations it'd be time, 40. However, many generations of great, 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 great-grandparents, your family has done this. You understand Lamb without blemish or spot. You've celebrated the Passover. First Peter says he bore our sins in the body on the tree. By his wounds you have been healed. Direct quote from Isaiah 53, from the prophets. Again, 75% of the, the New Testament's a quote of the Old Testament are referring to it. So you have to go back and say, okay, what was that in Isaiah 53? Jesus fulfilled that. Last slide. Romans 10 says this, Christ is the end of the law, the Mosaic law, all of those things, the Ten Commandments, everything in the law, for everyone who believes. Now it's different. It says, because if you confess with your mouth that he's Lord, you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Not talking about another ongoing sacrifice. You have to do this. For with the heart one believes and is justified, with the mouth one confesses and is saved, Remember, there was something hidden, right? Ephesians 3 that they didn't know was that the non-Jews could be a part of God's plan. So the mystery uh, in that time is that, God, is that non-Jews could be a part of the plan. Now he says there's no distinction between Jew and Greek. There has been for a 1, 1,500 years. The same Lord is Lord of all. Everyone who calls upon the Lord will be saved. Okay? Now I had some discussion questions. I don't think we probably have time for those. Um, but I'll show you what the questions were. God uses two imperfect, unwilling men—even unwilling—keeps his promises to them of a child, right? Abraham was like, I don't know how to have a kid, and deliverance that he promised to Moses. How does that make you feel about his using you for his glory? These were normal people that God says, I want to use for my glory. And then also thinking through, how might learning more about the tabernacle, the mercy seat, help you understand the sacrifice that Jesus completed on the cross? Okay. And the entire book of Hebrews, right? I had homework. One is, have you ever accepted Christ's atoning death on the cross as the payment for your sin? It is now not something you have to do all the time. It's a one-time free gift that God offered. He said, I gave my son. My son bore the wrath of, uh, of me on him because of your sin. But because he bore my wrath, you can be forgiven by accepting that. But you have to personally accept that and say, God, I I accept the payment of Christ on the cross for my sin. Thank you that he died in my place, that he was resurrected, and that I can have eternal life. I want to live my life for you, right? This is the gospel. If you haven't done that, please come talk to me, Kevin or Shanae. And secondly, your homework is I want you to listen to a song, but it's like eight minutes long, by Aaron Jeffrey called He Is called he is so so do question 1 or question 2 thanks guys